The following audio is from the King's Chapel. You can find out more about our church at thekingschapel.org. Now this morning I want to read you a song uh, that I think, I hope you all heard. I, I've heard this for some years and uh, yesterday in preparation for this, I heard Carrie Underwood sing this. Maybe some of you will remember it. Mary, did you know? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would someday walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? This child that you've delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will give sight to a blind man? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will calm a storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? When you've kissed your little baby, then you've kissed the face of God. Mary, did you know? Mary, did you know? The blind will see, the deaf will hear, the dead will live again, the lame will leap, the dumb will speak the praises of the Lord. Mary, did you know that your baby boy is Lord of all creation? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day rule the nations? Two guys named Buddy Green and Mark Lowry wrote that thing and uh, sung or played. It's much more beautiful, but the idea of it is, is a beautiful thing because it points, uh, for purposes of our talk this morning, to a little girl. My, uh, interestingly, <laughs> and not surprisingly, my daughter spoke to Mingle yesterday, the women's ministry, uh, one of the ministry. Oh, okay, thank you, Lisa. I'll pay you after the service. <laughs> Actually, I don't want to tell you. Kristen got up and she talked to the ladies and she did a talk on Mary. And very unfortunately, she stole almost everything I had and did it in more detail. But I do have my own unique approach to things, so I think there's something left to say here. And that is, Mary, did you know? She was contemplating opening hers with that particular song. What a world, what a world. You know, Mary was probably, uh, as I think Kristen expressed, 12 to 14 years old. She was just barely a woman when uh, the Holy Spirit overshadowed her. Remember the story in, in uh, we'll just read a couple sentences from this piece. After these days, his wife, speaking of Zechariah the priest, the one time of year he'd gone into the temple to offer incense to the Lord in preparation for a sacrifice. This all points to Christ. Every time you hear the word sacrifice, think Jesus throughout the Old Testament. But here is this priest. He's about my age probably, somewhere in his 60s, 70s, old man. And he's married to a, a woman whose name is Elizabeth. Is someone laughing at old man? Are you feeling that too? I am too. Let's talk about it after the service. Okay. Elizabeth is also elderly. And um, he hears an angel in that moment of worship and the offering of incense like a prayer to the Lord. This angel appears and uh, tells him his wife is going to have a child. He's shocked by that. He can't really believe it. The angel notes that. And he says, so you're going to be silent. You're going to be mute for a period of time. Of course, as 
noted by the angel in Luke 1.24, after these days, his wife, Zechariah's um, uh, wife, Elizabeth, conceived... And for five months she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. It was common in that era. And we will not be very guilty of this reproach. That if you did not, if you weren't married or didn't have a baby as you got up in age, something was wrong with you. There was a judgment of God against you false calumny, bad things said about the most wonderful women in the world who suffered over, those who wanted children, who suffered over not having it. And Elizabeth uh, was so pleased and just kind of out of her mind and she hid herself so that when she said, some, some would suppose, when she said she had a baby, the baby, she was five or six months in and she says, you want proof? Look at this. Uh, it's just a glorious moment and I see these little babies here in the room and you guys know I, I love Children, I love babies. Thank you for bringing them. It's almost as if you personally brought these beautiful children here this morning. But the Lord personally has met you with them. Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Now Gabriel, the word means man of God or kind of hero of God. In a sense, the gladiator of God, this is someone that is probably surpassing beautiful, who knows what he looks like exactly. Was there light around them as Hollywood might portray? I don't know. I have no idea. But it says in that sixth month, he goes to the city called Nazareth. And what's interesting is the Lord Jesus, it states in one place, a, a prophetically, he shall be called the Nazarene to be a Nazarene in this time. And in every time is not a good thing. Those of you that have been to Nazareth, anybody been there? You know, virtue signaling, yeah, I see you and I see you. It's kind of not the greatest town. And it was really not so great when this happened. So to say Jesus was a Nazarene was kind of to put him down, to put him in a lower class place. And yet, God brought his family there. They brought him out of that particular place. City of Galilee named Nazarene. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. To a virgin. Of the house of David, the house of David, important name. Those of us that have been around a long time know that the Messiah, as Israel uh, uh, felt it and believed it and, and had seen stated by the prophets that the Messiah, the chosen one, the anointed of God, was going to come out of the loins and lineage of David. And so this guy is talking about a place named Nazareth and a house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her, the angel, and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. That means salvation. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, David the great king. And he will reign over the house of Jacob, the Jewish people, both Gentile and Jew as we know, because all of it is Israel. When Christ comes into the center, over the house of Jacob forever, 
and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Now you can, when I come up to girls who are 12 and 14, just even here at church, uh, I, I, I am intimidating to them. They normally go silent on me. They don't know what to say. Who is this guy? And we know he kind of is a leader of the church. And so there is a kind of a strange interaction. And there is even more than that probably in this particular situation, obviously. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And Mary said to the angel, she doesn't say this is impossible. She doesn't say, you're ridiculous. She doesn't say, what are you talking about? She says, how will this be since I am a virgin? She gets very practical. And she is not ashamed to state that she's a virgin. Side note, we're living in a culture, if you read student newspapers, where to be a virgin is not a good thing. I think it is a holy and beautiful thing. And if, if um, um, you have the grace to make it to marriage as a virgin, that is a holy thing. Some of us have failed to hit that mark, but God has forgiven us and made us just like new. She goes, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. There's no suggestion of physical interaction, none whatsoever. No a genetic material being passed from one to another. Something supernatural is going to happen. Therefore, with this overshadowing, the child to be born to you will be holy. That means separated. The Son of God separated unto God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age, this was kind of a confirmation. This was a witness. This was a sign to this little girl. Can you imagine? You're talking to an angel. I can't imagine it. It's impossible. There's some kind of numinous moment here. Numinous. C.S. Lewis talked about that in his You'll remember he saw this little box, this little plant, and he was locked and loaded on it. There was a little plant there, and somehow that spoke to him about something mysterious. In that moment, his life was changed. I was on a creek. I've told some of you this, and I was lying there as a nine-year-old in a snowsuit. It was freezing. It was terrifying. But with the sun coming at certain angles and the beauty of nature and all this stuff, something happened that was beyond my experience. And to my knowledge, it's only happened one time. It was a numinous moment as if God had decided to sit in on my life and draw close to me in that time. One way he has of talking to people and drawing them to himself. And when Lewis wrote Surprised by Joy, the joy he was talking about is this thing where the majestic and amazing happens to an individual. And that's what's happening with Mary. And that's what's happening with Elizabeth for the greatest event in human history, perhaps. And behold your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was, past tense, called, bar called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Now, I'm going two ways with this this morning. I'm stealing from Barclay this way. 
There are three revolutions that happen when Christ comes into the world, even as a baby. And, and, and this young woman, Mary, will begin to prophesy this. She will begin to speak this in something called the Magnificat, which is Latin for magnifying the Lord. Now, how can we, we make him any greater than he is? But our lips and our attitude can magnify him as the only wise God, the one who saves, the one who heals, who makes things new and gives us the numinous moment when his presence is just there where we can touch and feel him for a moment and who meets us often, and I've seen this at the deathbed, with a moment of wonder, as if he's right there in the womb, in the room, in a sense, in the womb as well. A new birth is going to happen as we're catapulted into heaven. To be present with the Lord is a beautiful thing and no, no matter what way he manifests himself, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now we do not see, Mary, any response of unbelief. There is a wondering how this is going to happen. That's for sure there. She is so awestruck. She is fearful. It is beyond anxiety producing. But when she hears the word of the Lord and in this transaction begins to believe this, she says, here's who she is. Here's who I am. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. You know what servant means? Another meaning, perhaps a more true and on point one is, I am a slave girl for the Lord. In other words, whatever you want, Lord, I'll be that. Whatever you want. That's why we call her blessed. You know, when I was at UVA, there was a girl there. I think a kind of a reflection of Mary in terms of her faith. Mary is special because she gives us an example, not just for women. Of course, it's the most blessed example possible, but for men too. Because one of the first things she's saying is, I have faith and I believe that what God has said will come to pass. If he says your sins are forgiven, they're forgiven. If he says, I'm called you to preach, you're going to preach. If he says, I'm going to bless you with children, that will happen. If he says, X, Y, Z, things will happen and things will transpire that seem incredible. At one point, the Lord gave my wife a word in the scripture. I will bring you forth a holy nation. My daughter, Kristen, seeking the Lord about next steps in her life, sought the Lord and he said to her through the scripture, you should go to the, back to the land of your fathers. And God has prospered everything she did in coming back to Virginia. Prospered the slave girl who is my daughter and the servant that is you. I met you today and I have become a Christian and I'm what's called an RA. You know what they are. They're resident assistant. You take care of people. You pastor people. And this young girl, tiny, maybe like Lizzie, maybe a little bigger, walks to the campus a little bit, and she's obviously very bright. And I don't remember anybody telling me this, but I knew she was a Christian. How did I know? Because of the numinous. There was just something about her. And I was told by her friends 
Years after I knew her at UVA, she would walk through and it was as if the Lord's presence was upon her. I don't remember ever talking to her. You felt it. Okay, I'm getting kind of out there. I know twilight zone. But this is a majestic thing. Mary, did you know? And here she is. She walks the campus. After I got out of school, my wife and I are with a campus crusade leader. This little girl was out there serving the Lord as a student, as part of campus crusade. But here's the difference. They said she was really strange. She would go and pray in a closet prior to going out and sharing with people. Our girlfriend, MC, who was a professional young life person, said that she went alone to be with her father. And MC said, no one led people to Christ like this girl. It just breaks me up. She was a slave girl for the Lord. It's like, Lord, whatever you want, that's what I'm going to be. I didn't even know her, and I sensed it in her. That's the potential of the believer, utterly committed to Jesus. We need him every hour. And this is a time of Christmas where we think about these things. And in those days, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to, in, in, to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary... The little girl at UVA. A little girl walks into Elizabeth, her cousin. When she hears her, what does it say? The baby leaped in her womb. Oh, we don't want to think about the life in the womb too much and too deeply, do we? There's a baby in there. A baby that was able to respond to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Inside it. And, and, and inside Mary. There's a communication. It's startling. And Elizabeth goes on to say, she exclaimed with a loud cry, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Here's where I'm going with this. There is a God who speaks through his people. I would lie to you if I told you that was not true. He will use you if you walk closely with him in a very special way, in a precise way. And Elizabeth is so moved by the Holy Spirit that she knows that Mary is unique and special and there is something inside her that makes the prophet John the Baptist within her jump and leap for joy. He is the forerunner. He is the announcer of King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Every valley shall be removed and the rough places shall be made plain for the coming of a king. And there is a leaping, an emotional response within the womb to this majestic moment. And why is this granted to me? Blessed are you and blessed is the fruit of your... Why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she, Mary who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. A fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Now, what she's going to say here in a moment, I'll, I'll read it. I'll read it now and then work on it for next week. We'll, we'll do some stuff with it. But here's what Mary says. Here's a biblical picture of the supernatural work of God the Holy Spirit through a slave girl. Does he only do it to special people? Maybe the pastor, yes, he's godly. Not, it's just Jesus 
speaking to and through his people. This is just a little girl, and here's what she says. My soul magnifies the Lord, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. Those of you that, let's just say this, he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. There are people in this room, you don't think much of yourself. You don't think God can use you. Au contraire. Quite on the contrary, he delights to use his power and glory and beauty through the most common of people. For he looked on my humble estate, the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me a slave girl, blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. You want significance. You want meaning in your life. You want something majestic and supernatural. It is all found in Jesus Christ and his life being lived out through you. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him. From generation to generation, he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud. There's a revolution going on here. He changes the poor and puts them on their feet. He scatters the proud and ministers to the humble. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their heart. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. Where is Saddam Hussein today? Where is Adolf Hitler? Where is Joseph Stalin? He has brought them to beyond their knees and instated in his world humble people who will make a stand. Fear not. God is at work even in this moment in our world. Jesus Christ wants to speak through you and humble people like you that will just tell the truth to their neighbor and love them enough to present King of kings and Lord of lords to them. He is the hungry with good things. If you're hungry, if you're needy, seek the Lord while he may be found. He is here right now to meet that need. Let me tell you something. Let me jump to the end. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of mercy, and he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. Jesus Christ has come on this people just in a starting way to make a difference in your world. You'll get a letter from us to see all the things you have done, the sensitivities you have, because God has blessed you, because he has given you the ability to help people in their time of need. And there has to be the echo of that in their heart where they see what happened to an Afghan family, or what happens in uh, Sierra Leone, Africa, or what happens in any number of places where you are making a difference led by the Holy Spirit. Let's pray just for a moment. Lord, and orchestra, please come up. Uh, my soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. Mary doesn't offer salvation. She needed a Savior, and he comes upon her and speaks through her. Mary, did you know what Christ could do through you, a simple slave girl. Brother and sister, do you know what he can do through you in this hour? He can speak to you and through you. He can humble the proud. He can raise up those who are of humble estate by his grace and empowerment. Do you know Jesus? Not Mary do you know. 
congregation, people, do you know? Have you experienced him? I am talking not about simply intellectual challenge. I am talking to you about interpersonal, as close as it can be, relationship with the King of kings and Lord of lords. And he's here right now because he promised he would be. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If not, why not? Let's bow our heads. Just You're, you're bad. I get that. Lord, bless this thy people. If there's even one soul here who doesn't know you, let them just say, have mercy on me, a sinner. I am a person of humble estate. I am needy and I'm hungry. Fill me. He will come into you. He will forgive your sins. He will heal you. He will strengthen you. And he will empower you to love and good works. Just pray that prayer. It's between you and him. But he will hear it and he will respond. Amen.